Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Welcome to Rams Up, your L.A. Rams podcast. We cover just about any SoCal sports team, but our primary focus here is your Los Angeles Rams. You can also check out our YouTube channel for weekly video content. Our YouTube handle is at L.A. Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. Let's get to it. Welcome back, Ram fans. If you watched this Rams-Cardinals game, you were probably surprised to see Sean McVay and not Jeff Fisher on the sideline. This was a pitiful performance by our offense, really. Sad day. Very agonizing watching this team fall to the Arizona Cardinals 27-17. And to put salt in the wound, the Rams may have lost Cooper Cup. For a while, that injury did not look good, taking an awkward hit on the sideline on a high throw, one of many high throws from John Wolford. Although there is some early good news on that, initial testing on Cooper Cup's ankle. He appears to have avoided a worst-case scenario with the injury, quoting off of Twitter here, but still some testing tomorrow, so let's just cross our fingers and hope it's not a long-term injury. This was not a good day to be a Ram fan. Came into this game thinking, hey, we get a win here, bounce back from that painful loss against the Buccaneers, get a win against a team that we typically do very well against, 
have a few guys, a few backups step up, some young guys start showing up, and none of that happened, really. It was a very poor performance by John Wolford. You know, I've said all along I prefer Wolford over Perkins as a backup quarterback, but I also said I've never had a good feeling about our backup quarterback room, and that played out today. John Wolford did not look like an NFL quarterback, and Bryce Perkins, hey, who knows, but if you're all thinking he was the answer and he should have been in there and he would have saved the day for us, I have a hard time believing that. Really poor performance by John Wolford. And watching McVay on the sideline, I just had a very bad feeling about his demeanor. He looked helpless. And I think his offensive play calling, his offensive game plan may have reflected that maybe he did feel helpless. Maybe he saw this coming. I'm hoping that's not the case, but you know, the Rams' first possession, there was some creativity there. Went on a nice drive, kicked the field goal, and then it was just a bunch of three and outs, overthrown passes, pressure on our quarterback, very limited running game, and no Kyron Williams, at least as far as I know. I don't think he had a snap until that last drive, and he looked really quick. If there's one nice thing, one good takeaway from this game, I liked what I saw with Kyron Williams. Now, that's not to say he would have been productive when the game mattered, but very promising. I hope he gets more touches next week. Please, Sean, get him out there. And I also thought, even late in the game, we'd see a little bit of Lance McCutcheon. He may have had a couple snaps. I'll have to go back and look. But people talking about Wolford and McCutcheon having that connection. Hey, not in this game. Rams were down 17-3 to at half, and after that first drive had shown really nothing. They get a touchdown on a short field, starting from their own 41, close the game to 17-10, to and then they just look like crap from there on until that final drive when the game was basically over. That's what I saw, and where does that leave us? The Rams are 3-6, and six, meaning they probably need to win three of their next four games to make a run at this. One of those games is against the Chiefs in Kansas City, Don't have a good feeling about that at this point because this performance, really, it looked like a very bad football team, a very poorly coached football team, and maybe not a very motivated football team at this point. Crazy how far this team has fallen from the offensive juggernaut that it has been under McVay to this. By winning the Super Bowl, did we sell our soul to the devil? Is that what we get? This is the payback? Hey, Ram fans, you get a Super Bowl, but guess what? It's going to be a pretty painful 2022. And what really gets me is, you know, every team in the NFL deals with injuries and can throw guys out there that do a heck of a job, that step up and play pretty well. Everybody does that against us, but we can't seem to do it at all. There's one thing the Rams have to be rethinking is maybe we should have improved our quarterback room over the last couple of years because Wolford and Perkins are not the answer. With Matthew Stafford, would we have had a shot at this game? Probably. Very likely, in fact, especially the way the defense continues to play, getting little help from the offense, zero help from the offense. By the way, what was my prediction for this game? I picked the Rams to win 17-16, to so I got it half right. What are my fearsome four keys to the game? 
kind of pointless, but I went over some basic fundamental things. Run the ball a little bit. I can't say we accomplished that. Finish drives. Don't turn the ball over. Protect your quarterback. I mean, it's all kind of pointless the way this offense is playing. They can't do anything consistently well at this point. We can only hope that Matthew Stafford comes back and that this team starts to get it together. If they can't, is it Lance McCutcheon and Kyron Williams' time? It might as well be. Boy, not sure where we go from here. Go over some team stats real quickly. The Rams managed 18 first downs. I find that hard to believe. I don't, I don't think I saw that many first downs, but that's what the stat sheet says. 256 total yards, but 70 of those came on that garbage time TD drive. Wolford finished 24 for 36 for 212 yards, a TD, an interception, and a fumble. And man, he was leaving his receivers out to dry with high passes, passes off the mark all day long. Could have had a really good day if he was just a little bit accurate. Accuracy matters in the NFL, apparently. Igby was the Rams' leading receiver. Rams rushed 20 times for 66 yards. Akers had 22, Henderson 21. Kyron Williams had 39 yards, all on that last drive, mostly receiving. And again, he looked really quick, looked really good, promising. For the Cardinals, the Rams held them to 298 total yards. So again, it was not a bad day for the defense. It was that same old bend, don't break. But I think they were kind of demoralized, and wouldn't you be by the end of that game? There's just like no hope. There was a point in that game where the Cardinals had a fourth and three and they went for it. And my thought was, this is how sad it's become. My thought was, I hope they go for it because it's three to three at the time. If they kick the field goal, we're done. (laughs) How are are we going to overcome a six to three deficit? So let's hope they go for it and we stop them. Of course, where does that leave us? Uh, This team's not going to drive the field 90 yards at this point. But you get my point. That's how far this offense has fallen. It's pretty crazy if you think about it. More Cardinal stats. DeAndre Hopkins finally got the better of Jalen Ramsey. 10 catches for 98 yards. Rondell Moore had a nice day. 9 catches for 94 yards. So where does that leave us? Rams are in deep doo-doo. Last place in the NFC at 3-6. and six. And Cooper Cup, I, I'm not going to guess, but I don't. I have a feeling he's not going to be back for a while. Did not look good. The look on his face and his body language was not sending a very good message, was not giving me a lot of hope about his health at this point. We'll find out tomorrow. The Cardinals, they keep their hope alive. And they could get on a roll. The Cardinals are a team to watch. I thought they were slipping in this league. You never know. I mean, the Rams almost beat Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay comes back and knocks off the NFC leading West Seattle Seahawks pretty easily. Rams come home to play the Cardinals and look like trash, granted, with a backup quarterback. Right now, the Cardinals have to be feeling pretty good about their chances. Rams, they have to... They have to rethink everything they're doing, in my opinion. Maybe get some guys healthy on that offensive line. That'll help a little bit. But the whole offensive approach just seems so wrong right now. So pathetic, I hate to say. Hopefully there's an answer in the next week or two, or it's going to be a long, long season. I'm going to be back in a minute with my game capture 
it's going to be painful. And then after that, we'll come back with some additional game notes. And finally, our loop around the league. Your kicker's lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high and the tension is higher. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. And you're looking for a Week 11 same-game parlay? Let's take a look at the Panthers-Ravens game. Take the Panthers in the points, looking about 12.5 right now. Take the under on the point total. And Deontay Foreman, I'm going to say take the under on his rushing yardage against this tough Ravens defense. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Part of the show where we capture the game possession by possession, more or less anyways. This game kind of had an eerie start. Both teams open up with 14-play, 62-yard drives, ending in 36-yard field goals. In the Rams' case, Wolford got the start, of course, but Perkins had a couple of snaps on this drive. Had a read option with Brandon Powell getting the ball. Akers picked up a fourth and one to keep the drive alive. Wolford had a designed run for another first down. Rams getting a little creative on this opening drive. A rollout by Wolford. He hits Robinson for another first down. But the drive eventually stalls and they kick the field goal. And then the Cardinals answered with their 14-play 62-yard drive. They converted a fourth down as well, a fourth and two, but eventually settled for the field goal. And then we were all treated to some scintillating football The Rams a three and out, Arizona a three and out, rinse and repeat, three more three and outs. The streak of three and outs finally ended on Arizona's fourth possession. They go on a 65-yard drive. They convert a fourth and one at the six. McCoy scrambling for the first down, and then on the next play, James Conner skips in untouched for an easy TD. Cardinals up 10 to three. Rams have a little time left. We're just inside the two-minute warning. They start at their own 25. They pick up a first down, passes to Higby and Henderson doing the trick. And then Wolford has the ball knocked away as he's trying to deliver a pass. J.J. Watt covers it, would have ambled into the end zone, but they blew it dead on review. And the, the Cardinals are rightfully awarded the ball at the Rams 30. And with 24 seconds left, Colt McCoy hits A.J. Green with a beautiful little fade pass. Green gets both feet in, and the Cardinals have a seemingly insurmountable 17-3 lead given the way this Rams offense is playing. Into the second half, Cardinals get the ball first, pick up a first down on a pass interference call, but end up punting. The Rams pick up a first down on an Acres run, but after a sack, they have to punt. Arizona gets called for intentional grounding on their next possession, and that leads to a cardinal punt. 
And then the Rams, with the ball at the 41, finally put together a drive. Big screen pass to Tyler Higby with Ty Nischke leading the way. Allen Robinson picks up a big first down. Wolford scrambles and hits Higby. Perkins comes in and loses five on a run. And then after two penalties on J.J. Watt, that gets the Rams to the five. Daryl Henderson runs it in. Rams probably wouldn't have scored without Watt's help. And they close the gap to 17-10. Cardinals' next possession starts with 424 left in the third quarter. Arizona goes three and out, and the Rams get the ball back at their own 11. A pass to Robinson gets the Rams out to the 22 with another first down. And then Wolford throws a high pass on the sideline, really exposes Cooper Cup, and he gets hit really awkwardly, obviously hurt, and he's out of the game. And on that same play, a penalty on Nishki for hands to the face. So the Rams take two shots on that, lose Cup for the game, get pushed back, and end up punting another three and out for the Rams. We're into the fourth quarter here, and Rams trying to get a stop. They back the Cardinals up to a third and 17, 919 left in the game. An elusive Rondell Moore picks up 14, and then on fourth and three, Moore makes a beautiful one-handed catch for 26 yards. And two plays later, James Conner scores again, straight arming David Long as he gets around the corner inside the pylon for the touchdown, making it 24-10. Rams ensuing possession. Wolford tries to squeeze the ball into Skowronik. The ball is tipped up in the air, and Buda Baker, who wasn't even supposed to play in this game, he intercepts, sets up a field goal for the Cardinals. They go up 27-10, and then the Rams get a garbage touchdown. Van Jefferson scoring on a pass from John Wolford. That's in the closing seconds. Finally saw Kyron Williams on this drive, and he contributed 39 total yards on this possession. But... Final score, Rams go down to the Cardinals 27-17. Back in a minute with some additional notes on this sad, sad game. Let's get into some final notes on this Rams 27-17 loss to the Arizona Cardinals. We'll follow that up with our loop around the league. My fearsome four big plays, you know, I could only narrow it down to five. And here they are chronologically. Fearsome big play number one on that Rams first drive. Akers picks up the fourth and one. Now, in retrospect, that play was actually pretty meaningless, seeing how the game panned out. But at the time, hey, anytime you pick up a fourth down and that turns into points, in this case, three points, that's a big play. Here's some big play number two. Cardinals did the same thing. On their first drive, they convert a fourth and two. McCoy connecting with A.J. Green, and they turn that into three points. Here's some big play number three. Three to three ball game, fourth and one from the Rams six, and McCoy keeps it, goes right, and picks up the first down. That led to James Conner's first TD. So yeah, these first three big plays are all fourth down conversions, actually. Here's some big play number four. That's the fumble by Wolford that set up the Cardinals at the Rams 30. They scored a few plays later on that nice catch by A.J. Green on the fade. Cardinals go up 17-3, and at that time, you're like, oh no, 
this is bad. This Rams team cannot score 17 points the way things are looking. That was a really big play, turning the ball over there. That's the one thing you can't do in a game like this that figures to be tight. If you can keep it tight with your defense, get a couple of breaks, a couple of big plays, a couple of drives, and pull out a win, but you turn the ball over like that, give away seven points. It's really hard to recover from that. And my first and big play number five was that third and 17 play. Cardinals, Rondell Moore picks up 14. And that's the big play. The following play on fourth down on the next play, fourth and three, Moore makes that beautiful catch on the sideline over David Long. And shortly thereafter, the Cardinals go back up two TDs, 24 to 10. So the Rams had cut the lead to 17 to 10. And then that third and 17 And Rondell Moore, very elusive, picks up those 14 yards, allowing the Cardinals to go for it on fourth and three and kind of put the game out of reach at that point. Now, we may not have believed it at the time, but I think in our hearts we knew the Rams were in deep trouble at that point. A few things worth noting. The Rams' inactive list included, of course, Matthew Stafford. Uh, Trevan Howard was also inactive. Tutu Atwell again. Don't quite understand that. Something going on with him seems to be the one thing we're really lacking is speed and electricity, especially on the outside, a deep threat to open things up for a running game perhaps, but no, Atwell can't go. Greg Gaines can't go. I don't know if I ever remember Greg Gaines being out. Alaric Jackson, who had become our starting left tackle, he was out, and Sean Jolly as well. After sounding pessimistic about his chances of playing all week, but a Baker did in fact play and had that late interception, of course. With Greg Gaines out, Jonah Williams got the start. Not really meaningful as much as the Rams rotate their defensive line. Marquise Copeland was in there a lot. Williams ended up with one tackle, as did Bobby Brown. And that might be his first, maybe his second tackle. Not sure. Taylor Rapp left the game briefly and was replaced by Russ Yeast, but he came back. And the Cardinals' first 11 plays were passes. Who does that remind you of? What offensive coordinator does that bring back for you? How about Mike Martz? I remember he did that once. I think the Rams threw on their first 20 plays one game with Kurt Warner at quarterback. And another thing worth noting, we're still having a takeaway drought. The last takeaway... Late in the game against Carolina, the interception of Jacob Eason. No takeaways in these three losses to the 49ers, Tampa Bay, and Arizona. Player props. Well, the default awards usually go to Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Can't give one to Cooper here. First time all year, no game ball for Cooper Cup. Aaron Donald had a strong game statistically with nine tackles. Had pressure a few times, not getting a lot of help in that regard. Ernest Jones was busy, led the team in tackles. Nick Scott was very active, flashed several times. I think he's a really good safety. He's probably our best safety at this point. And I got to say, loved what Kyron Williams brought to the table. They need to get him involved more. He looked really twitchy, really fast and electric. Love to see what he can do. I still like Henderson and Cam Akers, but we don't have a guy that can really 
break anything longer than, what, 23 yards all year? Let's give Kyron Williams a shot, shall we? Who had bad games? Well, pro football focus grades are probably going to shame a few guys. The guys I know offhand didn't have good games. Well, obviously, John Wolford, on paper, statistically, not bad, but he did not pass the eye test and was extremely inaccurate. I don't know. He really struggled. No beating around the bush. He had a bad day. And David Long struggled. You know, he had a pretty tall task, some of the receivers he had to cover, but he didn't quite get it done. And Jalen Ramsey, I love his enthusiasm. You know, he makes a big play early in the game, and you know it was Jalen Ramsey making the play. But there's just too many times where he's not really making the play, in my opinion. And a lot of it may be the design that soft coverage that they're playing, just come up and make the tackle. But there were also several times where his coverage was a little bit lacking. Now, for most cornerbacks, you could probably say he had a good game. But for Jalen Ramsey, it's got to be shutdown time. We need Jalen Ramsey to be the best guy on the field. Well, at least the second best after number 99. Jalen Ramsey has to show up just a little bit more not saying he had a bad game, but could have been better. Coach's corner, I've already hammered on Sean McVay enough. I'm just going to say we got to do a better job game planning, getting these guys prepared, and getting our backups coached up so they can contribute at an NFL level. And hey, get some of these younger guys involved. Kyron Williams, maybe Lance McCutcheon, I don't know something to give this team a little bit of pop. They really need it. I'm going to come back in a minute with our loop around the league and then look for our Path to the Playoffs YouTube drop later this week. Going to keep on doing it. Rams aren't eliminated, and and they haven't locked up a playoff spot yet either. We'll give you our Path to the Playoff after 10 weeks. That's YouTube.com slash at L.A. Rams Up. That's a new YouTube handle they're using. Ours is at L.A. Rams Up. Please check it out. Subscribe. Got some good stuff on there. But back in a minute with our loop around the league. Time for our Week 10 loop around the league. We'll start with that Thursday night game. Panthers 25, Falcons 15. That's kind of an odd score. Game was played in a downpour. Deontay Foreman 130 yards rushing. And that's a low-key good result for the Rams. The Falcons taking a loss. In Germany, early Sunday morning, our time anyways, Bucks 21, Seahawks 16. Another good result for the Rams. And I have to admit, Brady looked really good, just not as a receiver. He was 22 for 29, two TDs and an interception. Bucks looked like they were trying to give that game away, up 11, driving on the Seahawks, and they send Brady out in the pattern, and he slips and falls down. The balls intercept it. The Seahawks mount a drive deep into Bucks territory, but Geno Smith fumbles. Seahawks get the ball back and drive on the Seahawks for the touchdown. The Bucks outrushed Seattle 161 
to 39 yards. And remember, this is a Bucks rushing attack that was second worst in the league to yours truly, the Los Angeles Rams running game. And another result that's low-key favorable to the Rams, the Lions come back to beat the Bears 31-30. to In my Rams up straight-up game picks, I made an offhand comment that Justin Fields would rush for 200 yards. Well, it was just 167. The Bears led 24-17 and Fields threw a pick six. And then the next possession rips off a 67-yard TD run. But the Bears missed the extra point and Jared Goff leads them on a 91-yard drive to take the lead. Bears' last possession comes up short and the Lions escape with a rare road win. And how about this Vikings-Bills game? Vikings win 33-30 in overtime. Bills led 27-10 early in the third quarter. Dalvin Cook breaks off an 81-yard run to make it interesting, right? 27-17. Vikings add another touchdown but miss the extra point, so they're down 27-23. They get down to the Bills' one-yard line, fourth and goal, and they can't punch it in. Turn the ball over on downs with 41 seconds left. Bills have the ball and Josh Allen fumbles in the end zone. The Vikings recover to go up 30 to 27. The Bills manage to drive down and kick the tying field goal with five seconds left. Game goes to overtime. Vikings go up 33 to 30 on their first possession. Bills first possession of overtime. A touchdown wins it for them. They get to the Minnesota 20, and then Allen turns the ball over again. This time, Patrick Peterson intercepts in the end zone. Game over the Vikings with an incredible win to improve to 8-1. The Bills, the team many had already crowned as the Super Bowl champions, they slipped to 6-3. A few games that went more or less as we expected. The Chiefs beat the Jags 27-17. Mahomes throws for four TDs, and a guy named Isaiah Pacheco leads the Chiefs in rushing 16 attempts, 82 yards. The Dolphins took care of business at home, beating the Browns 39-17 to a 25-for-32, 285 yards and three TDs. Not a bad day at the office. And, breaking news, Tyreek Hill did not lead the Dolphins in receiving yardage although he did have a receiving touchdown. Giants continue to roll, beating the Texans 26-14 at home. Their game plan was apparently to lean on Saquon Barkley, 35 rushes for 152 yards. What are you going to do about that? Giants win going away to improve to 7-2. Who saw that coming? You know, I have to admit, I think I had the Giants ranked number 32 out of 32 teams at the start of this season. This one was a little bit of a surprise to me. The Steelers at home beat the Saints 20-10. to T.J. Watt returning from his injury. Give them a big emotional lift. The Titans cut out to a slow start, falling behind to Russell Wilson and the Broncos 10 to nothing. But Ryan Tannehill brought his team back. Two touchdown passes and the Titans improved to 6-3 with a 17-10 win. And how about this one? The Jeff Saturday coached Colts rally to beat the Raiders in Las Vegas 25-20. And who was the Colts quarterback? Matt Ryan. 21 for 28, 222 yards and a TD. Jonathan Taylor, 147 yards rushing. 
They got the game winner with 5.07 left. And this is the Colts team that we have been waiting for. Efficient quarterback play, explosive running game. Colts are still alive at 4-5-1. And, and the Raiders, well, the Raiders, their season is over at 2-7. And, and the Cowboys at the Packers. Can you believe that some people were stuck with this game as their game of the week instead of the Rams, Cardinals, oh, those poor souls? Packers eke out a win 31-28 in overtime. Cowboys led 28-14. Packers rallied to tie it. Cowboys in overtime in no man's land. Fourth and four from the Packers 35. They go for it. Prescott under pressure escapes, tries to hit Tony Pollard with the pass, cannot connect with him. Packers take over on downs. And on third and one, Rodgers hits Alan Lazard. Short pass, catch and run down to the Dallas 20 for 36 yards. One run and one kneel down. And then the Mason Crosby field goal and the Packers win 31-28. Devastating loss for the Cowboys. And a big win for the Packers, who are 4-6 and six and definitely in the wild card hunt. In the Sunday night game, Chargers took an early lead on the 49ers, but playing without their two starting tackles and their two starting receivers could not hold off the 49ers. 49ers win 22-16. Greg Greenlaw ejected from that game for a really vicious helmet-to-helmet hit on Justin Herbert. And of course, Monday night, Commanders and Eagles. That's going to do it for this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ramsup.com. You'll find links to all of our episodes as well as transcriptions. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there. Music courtesy of bensound.com and the YouTube royalty-free music audio library, Crimson Fly by Hama Hama.